Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Condos podcast. On this episode, we have CEO of Blue Dot Insights, Mr. Lauren Peer. Lauren, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. A little tired, but but I'm good. Yeah, it's a yeah. life. It's a life of the CEO life. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. man. So, yeah, man. let's get right into this. Um, Lauren Peart. Now, many people know that Blue Dot and Lauren Peart go hand in hand, but Let's separate the two for a while right. and let's explore both. Sure. So, Lauren Peart first. Um, where are you coming from? What's the background like for Lauren Peart and how did you get here? Background is from Mobay, grew up in Mobay. Mm. Um, went to Cornell for one year and then my parents decided that I needed some discipline and structure. And then they sent me to the greatest all boys school. Which is? In the Western Hemisphere. Which is? Monroe. <laughs> okay, um, all right. So I went to Monroe um, from second form to third form. Yeah. Left Monroe and went to CIT for one year in Mobe. Mm. CIT, Caribbean Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. You studied? What did you study there? I did software engineering and web design. Web design, okay. Yeah. Um, and then both my parents lost their job. I got through to UA and UTech and I just couldn't afford to go to university. So I had to start working, got a job in Kingston. Um, Can you I, say the name of the company? Yeah, Advanced Integrated Systems, okay. AIS, oh, okay. um, for Dog House Hub. Yes. All right. Um, Great, good, solid. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, started working there. Um, my sister at the time also got through to um, do med school. And mm. because both my parents lost their jobs, the, the, the thinking then was that all right, I would work and put her through school. And then when she finishes, then I would then put her through school. Wow. Um, through so, med school? Yeah. 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 Um, she switched and went to dentistry at some point during the period. But um, yeah, so that happened. Why well, I'm the money at the same, close to the same. What's that? The med school and the dentistry. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I that mean, I, I tried to stop telling hard luck stories, but it was a rough, it was a rough, it was <laughs> a rough okay. time. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, man. So yeah, so that so that happened, um, and I worked at AIS mm. for thirteen years. Thirteen. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I tell people all the time that that was my university. Mm. Uh, so I, by the time my sister left school, I was just not interested in going back to school. So is it that um, Mr. Halsa took a a chance on you or is it that yeah yeah so I, st- I mean i don't think at the time he knew that i was 17 when i started working there mm. um, i should have been 18. um but um yes yeah, so i was i started i was there from 17 and i worked there for 13 years um and you know moved up to the ranks mm. and i um, just pretty much learned everything that i could from him um at the time um and and ais is actually responsible for why i started do that but mm. i'll you, you can know. yeah we can definitely we can definitely get get into that but after 13 years at an organization you know that long yeah um the transition period from working as an employed individual to mm-hmm. you know, then going on and starting your venture right what was the instant in which you kind of realize that okay now is the time for me to start my own venture right and why no why did you get that inspiration at that time okay so i think i've always been entrepreneurial whether mm. out of necessity or just you know this spirit mm. um so like when i was at monroe i used to sell um sweetie and them somewhere you got a sweetie black cherry um no at the time it was just it was a popular thing called nosita i don't know if it's still no, around yeah 
Yeah man. <laughs> yeah man. Yeah man. Yeah man. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and I was bottle police at Monroe. Bottle so, police. Bottle that? police. You just go around and tell you take out. No, I take up the bottles to resell at the talk shop. Oh, okay. Yeah man. Okay. Yeah man. So and then when I moved and when I got back to when I left Monroe and I went back to Mobe, mm. I had a, a sound system with some friends of mine. I used to put on parties and whatnot. What was the name of your sound system? Immortal. Immortal. Yeah man. Biggest <laughs> sound of Mobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah man. Um. It was theirs and then them kind of they just wrote me in and then we started mm. putting on parties and whatnot. Mm. Um, yeah, but then when I was at AIS, um, so AIS processes all of the health insurance claims in Jamaica and some other Caribbean islands. Mm. So every time that you swipe your Sajikor health card, they process it. They process it and Mr. Halsall gets uh, a percentage off of that. Every single yeah, swipe, yeah. So every single. He's made money while you sleep type guy mm. right every farm every time you swipe it at a pharmacy he gets 1.75 i think if i remember off of that transaction so transaction process so he owns the patents for all the swipe swipe machines atms ABMs. well not, not, there's some of it that's patented but he has the contract with the insurance companies mm. to what they call adjudicate health insurance claims mm. electronically mm -hmm. right so anywho, so like, so like I said, I was there, I was in IT. So all of the, all, every doctor's office and every pharmacy sends claims into AIS, right? right? Mm -hmm. And um, I remember distinctly um, looking at transactions. Uh, forgive me, I tell the story all the time, but uh, okay. yeah, I, I distinctly remember like looking at transactions coming in for pharmacy claims. Mm -hmm. And over time, um, I would know that if I saw pharmacy transactions for flu mm -hmm. medication um, being dispensed in in St. Anne, Ocherios, for example, or mm -hmm. from pharmacies in Ocherios, that in a week or two or less, I would start to see the same happening in Mobe, mm -hmm. which means that the flu took a certain amount of time to spread from um, Ocherios to, to Montego Bay. Mm -hmm. So being from Mobe, I'd always call my father and say, you know, pops, that they can vitamin C, right. the flu soon reach mm. down there. He never listened and always end up getting, Get <laughs> getting the flu, right? But <laughs> the point is that was the first time I realized the power of data because you can imagine just having visibility of data and then being able to predict a future event. Right. Um, in this case, the flu, and then just imagining, you know, if the government had access to this data, what they would do with that mm -hmm. data in terms of from a preventative medicine standpoint. Right. You know, Giving they, the populace the insight. Right. Mm -hmm. And also just putting things in place to stop the spread of the flu. Of the flu, mm -hmm. you know, in 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 Ocherias at the time. So how did they they blew that name now kind of culminate that experience? How did you why did you come up with that name? Right. So mm -hmm. to I guess to, to finish the story, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, well, which company in Jamaica is doing anything data related? At the mm -hmm. time there was none. Um, when was it started? Thirteen year? That was after the thirteen year? That yeah. was at the thirteen year mark. So mm -hmm. so Blue Dot officially started in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, early January twenty fifteen. Mm -hmm. Um and it was started because I figured there was a need to for companies to focus on data and data analytics and right. nobody was talking about it. Like big data wasn't even a buzzword as much as it True. is now. There. True. Right. Um yeah, so so that's you know essentially why one day I decided um that you know I was going to start so a company. Working at AS 13 years, starting yeah. Blue Dot in 2015, um the relationships that you formed 
within that 13 year process? Would you say that some of those relationships kind of helped you to navigate the business world while starting to do that? Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. Like I said, I, I learned a lot from, from Mr. Hustle, you know, and I literally grew up there. I started working there at 17 right. um, and left when I was 30. And, um, you know, I, I literally bawled when I was handing in my resignation letter um, because of course there's a lot of uncertainty as well. Um, I, I only had three months worth of salary um saved up um and not even salary three months worth of rent saved up mm -hmm. so i had to make it within the the three the three months month. between yeah. the three months right so did you did you get any funding was there any funding at that point in time so kimala bennett from the lab right um big up to her she came on as a co-founder initially oh right so i was leveraging her network and her infrastructure right. i mean that's a whole other story how we met and of pitching course. to her and yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah man so big up kimala kimala boss a lot of people um more than you might know mm. um so yeah so so she was a co-founder and i was leveraging her network um and her office etc when i when i started just started yeah yeah but i had three months to, to make it mm. yeah and when did you get that first client um so with her it was a strategic partnership so the, the lab as you know they do a lot of work for um big clients right. the advertising mm -hmm. same mm -hmm. as apparent mm -hmm. um so um my first client came through through her through mm -hmm. the lab and can you state the name of that first client i believe it was honeybun honeybun was either honeybun or rubies one mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. yeah and mm -hmm. you know the reason why i asked you is because it it's, it's coming from i'm going through that process now where right. you know having a startup and navigating that environment of mm -hmm. getting strategic partners building business relationships and right. kind of right now you kind of understand the importance of it when you're actually at and playing in the game yeah man you understand yeah, so man. my second my my offshoot question now is were there business relationships that didn't result in a desired output or were there terrible <laughs> business relationships that could have ruined what mm. you wanted to start i mean uh, i mean for sure there's you see when you when you when you just starting out um especially so i'm at the time i was a nobody right mm. um um not many connections i never had the jc and campion network here in town in kingston that a lot of a lot of people have and mm. seem to leverage um you know i mean yes i went to monroe but i wasn't tapped into that network um at the time either um so yeah you know it it was it's consistently trying to network yourself build your brand meet the right people and of course in some cases you meet the you meet the wrong, wrong, people. wrong people and you mm -hmm. um and you know form relationships and you know take on investors that may not have been the best fit or just mentors or board like there's just so much different learning in the whole process mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. but it is a process that you should everybody should go through and even you know, you said taking on, I won't get too deep into this, but you said taking on investors that aren't particularly aligned with your goals and right. visions. But um, sometimes, and of course, speaking from experience, um, probably you're presented with limited options and mm -hmm. you probably want to tap the one that's closest to you because sure. 
they can possibly give you what you're looking for in the moment. Exactly. But you don't necessarily see how it might transgress beyond that. Right. 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 So, so you have to do what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. So you just have to kind of roll with the punches and. Yeah, the the, the, entrep- the investment ecosystem in Jamaica isn't as mature as it could be or should be mm. or what would be desired. Um, there is two angel networks. There's Alpha Angels outside of Mobe. Um, there's First Angels, which I just became a board member of mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> this morning, actually. All right. um, this morning. This morning. Congrats. Yeah, man. Thanks. Um, that's uh, that's that ironic. Story. Yeah, okay. that's that's ironic that I'm now a member of a angel network <laughs> and investing yeah. in companies. But anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that's wild. Um, but yeah, so there's so there's that, and then there is um, Delta Capital now, which came out of SSL Venture Capital Limited. That's Zachary Harding. Zachary, mm. um, and then there's the banks who won't give you um, a dollar. Yes, <laughs> because you, especially if you don't have collateral. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's I think it it, it comes with the territory. Um, you kind of yeah, have to understand yeah, that. Yeah. And, and in Jamaica, you have to just work with work yeah. with it, yeah. right? So, um, three months are rent, right? right? You was there ever a period within that, within that three months mm. where you actually ran out to the rent and you're like, oh crap, how am I going to pay for this? And the business wasn't where, where it was at, and yeah. you kind of had to tap on people, maybe family, kind of, you know, try and balance. No, all my family is broke, bro. All your families. <laughs> There's no family for me to tap into. <laughs> Um, but no, I, bro, I, I still go through um, those things every day. To this day, I'm, I still um, um, have those issues. So definitely, yes. Um, if you go a couple of years back on my Instagram, you will see where um, I posted one time that, you know, I pawned my car just to meet payroll. I used to, I mean, there's this place on Eastwood, park road called good as new that god bless them like i've had i've pawned everything from my tv to my fridge to my car everything just to meet payroll Mm. you know what i mean and to this day if we have cash flow issues i will not take a salary pay the staff and then you know wait until um get some receivables into powerful yeah powerful powerful so what was your support system then during that period what what did you what could you lean on or was it Leaning, leaning, I don't know. So, Tyrone and I talk about this all the time, right? Like when, like back then, Mm -hmm. um, there was no, there was no, like now we have a good entrepreneurship, like ecosystem, and and like Mm -hmm. man, you know, myself and a lot of the other entrepreneurs are very close, and Mm -hmm. we actually have a WhatsApp group where we lean on each other, right? You know, we go drink and you know we talk about mental health a lot um a lot of us are in therapy that's something i've not i've recently not ashamed to discuss that yeah you need to go and see a therapist Mm. if you're like if you're if you're in business you need to take care of your mental health as much as your physical health so but that's a whole side story Mm. anyways um so yeah definitely there were times with especially in that three that three month when i just started that things were rough and it's mm. over the course of the next couple of years they've just always been rolling that roller coaster mm. of get a client get a big project but the receivables is late you know um Feel yeah man a, a lot of these um big corporate companies have 30 to 60 day payment terms 
right um and what does that mean as an entrepreneur when you have staff to pay every 30 days right. you know it's just it's just juggling but it's part of the course unfortunately and this thing and, and i'm glad you actually brought that up because one of the questions that i wanted to ask you was the responsibility of actually you know meeting meeting that payroll because i think what a lot of people have to understand is that um when you start a company when you employ people it's almost what, what what should i say it's it's a responsibility that i don't think you can necessarily explain to everybody for them to understand yeah and, so and and you know they use the salary that you give them to take care of their families mm -hmm. what happens if your company isn't able to provide for them right and the pressures from that it must have been immense yeah man so i, I the two greatest stresses in life outside of health and family issues and whatnot is payroll in my opinion is payroll and taxes <laughs> yeah right okay yeah all right so, okay we're gonna get into them yeah, yeah so <laughs> so yeah so like not meeting payroll mm. for me because i because i know what it's like to i mean and depending on sorry the 25th of the month if you not get your money, dog name your supper, mm. right? Especially if like you're juggling credit card and them something and the payment due and bail if I come check you and one bag or something, right? Mm. Um, so I know what that's like. So I've always promised my staff that no matter what, I am going to meet payroll, right? Might be one day late or two days late, but you're going to get your money. And it's something that I personally take very very um seriously Serious. like i've said <clears throat> i've gone through extreme lengths just to mean just to meet the payroll mm. yeah mm. all right and yeah. since you're speaking about the blue dot family now um there are a lot of people who have heard the name of the company mm. um it's almost a buzzword buzzwords now blue dot. really everybody, oh, yeah everybody yeah. hear it and like all right because even people have been speculating on ipo but i won't i won't i won't get into that yet right thank you yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah so but at the same time there still seems to be a lot of people say there's a lot of mystery around it in the same way right okay. mm. so we want to dig you want you sorry we want you to dig a little bit deeper into what blue dot does right right and how its services benefit the clients you serve okay mm. Blue Dot Insights, we, I, I like to say that, you know, we're in the business of peace of mind. Mm. Um, might sound strange, but yeah. what we provide mm. is peace of mind to our clients mm. in decision making. Mm. So, you know, um, we provide the data and the insights or the insights from data and research to help our clients to sleep better at night mm. because they know that they made the best possible decision based right. on the insights that we provided to them. Mm. Um, so we're um, in market research. So we do a lot of market research for clients, um, you know, from customer satisfaction to, you know, profiling consumers, who they are, what they like, what they want, what they don't want. And that's on the research side. Um, we do quite a bit of neuroscience, consumer neuroscience, mm, really? which is understanding, digging deeper into human behavior and understanding biometric and physiological signals from the body. Mm. So we track eye movement. Um, so we know, um, you know. Like a certain color comes up, like what's the reaction of the person? The yeah, well, that too. But let's take package design, for example. Mm. Um, you know, we have 
eye tracking goggles that when we walk down a supermarket aisle, we know what catches people's eyes and what doesn't catch mm. the eye. And when our clients are changing packaging on, on products, we tell them which one has the highest um, findability and seeability on a shelf mm. or which package do customers prefer. With the facial coding, which measures the muscles in the face for micro expression. So in a TV commercial, we can tell what emotion is being evoked while the respondent is watching the commercial. Mm. So if there's a negative emotion, then we can tell, we literally said to our company, like Aperon, um, delete that scene and replace it with a scene that has um, more positive emotion mm. Mm. because we're measuring the emotions that the consumers are, are evoking. And as, and as hard as it seems, there are some companies that still aren't aligned or believe that for this sure. type of data analysis is necessary yeah, for man. their products and services and customers. For sure. What do you do to educate them in that scenario? So like, you know, our most recent example is that there's a, a, a big company that put out a commercial the other day, had something to do with an infant and they had to re remove the commercial. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Popular commercial um, because it triggered um, some negativity um, that of a incident happened in Jamaica. Mm. So they spent all this money on creating this ad, put it out there, and then they had to yank it because mm. there was negative backlash, right? right? So, you know, it's really just using examples like that. Um, when we started, um, and even to this day, we in, in the Caribbean, we have a culture of making gut decisions based on our gut, mm. right? Or if you're coming out with a business, you send it in your family WhatsApp group or a logo <laughs> and you say, you know, what, oh, do you, look. Yeah, what do you think about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just one group of yes, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or you send it in your high school group and say, mm. yo, man, them want to feel right. Mm. Everybody will say, yo, yeah, good. yeah, man, yeah. run with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then they aren't necessarily who your target is and who your target consumer is. And they just represent a small subset of who you need to be getting feedback from. So then so, do that then exposes that that business to a wider subset a more or and a scientifically or statistically representative sample mm, yeah. Mm, yeah okay and for instance um so jamaica is one market right mm -hmm. now that blue dot is currently in mm -hmm. are you in any other markets right now what yeah. was the plan so i traveled to trinidad on sunday mm -hmm. well i'm speaking at a conference in trinidad on sunday but the following week i'll be there setting up blue dot um over there really we already have team members there we have staff there already they've mm -hmm. been with us for a year but we've just been quietly um you know building out our team over mm. there but mm. when i get there next week is go hard time right right yeah. and the the one thing i will ask um i don't know i don't know how much sense this will make to you but mm. let me ask it anyways so blue dot helps these customers you know for instance in mapping customer behavioral patterns you know product placement and all these things yeah, right man. but what metrics does blue that track to then become a bit more efficient or a bit more effective with serving the customers with these services like what what do you track to actually to, to boost the productivity of blue that when they come back when they, <laughs> when, they, when they come back right um <laughs> so we have clients who exclusively use us like mm. there's 
Like right now, at this very moment, we're doing surveys for four, the four largest insurance companies, mm. right? And that's not typically not common because they're in, comp- you know, they're competing. Right. But and I mean, when we said to them, hey, we're doing work for this other company, they're like, no, but we know that you are the, you know, we like what you do for yeah, us. Yeah, right, right, right. So, you know, so I mean, so that's one metric, but we went through and still going through a whole exercise now where mm-hmm. we're looking at all of our KPIs and just figuring out how to grow the company. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that growth, um, seeing an article come out with GK and Blue Dot mm-hmm. um, acquiring a 50% stake, if I'm not mistaken. 60. 60% stake right. in Blue Dot, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right. Um, and what has that? I would say partner, let me say partnership, yielded right now in terms of where Blue Dot is, where Blue Dot yeah. is going. Okay. How does that materialize? There's a there's a there's a pretty popular um um I don't know if you read Harvard Business Reviews, um, but there's yeah. a pretty popular HBR um case study called the founder's dilemma you should mm. read it okay um it essentially talks about um founders that want to be kings and founders that want to be um that want to grow like the, the, the king founder you know doesn't share up any other pie stays there and tries to grow the company mm-hmm. you know <clears throat> him, himself mm-hmm. right and then the, i don't remember what the, the term is but essentially you know mr hustle always says that a slice of a melon is greater than the sum of a whole grape right um you know so 10 percent of a hundred dollar company is i mean you've heard that analogy mm-hmm. before right. right so that's a roundabout way of of, of saying um you know i i took the decision to to sell 60% of my company to GK because it made the the right sense right. at the time, right? right? Um, and if I know, of course, um, there are strategic partners. So it, it goes both ways. Right. Grace Kennedy has very ambitious plans to be a global company um, very soon. And they are, they, are, they are already multinational. Yeah, they are right. already multinational, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They can't compete with the Nestle's and the Crafts, etc., mm-hmm. without data. Right. Right? Or without understanding consumers. Right. right? You just can't do it. Right? Um, so for them, that's the strategic aspect of it. And of course, they want ROI and, you know, there's, course, a, there's other course. things, right? Mm. For us is, um, I, I got to stop worrying about payroll for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's um, a nice feeling, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and of course, it does come with some business from them. 